0: what's up guys we are back with episode nine um this episode is being recorded after our um matt our match day number two uh away game versus the chicago fire at soldier field a game that ended in a 1-1 draw i am joined by my co-host davi davi what's up what's up guys um, so we're just gonna uh, we're gonna dive head first right into, right into the match. Um, obviously, uh, the result was not what most had predicted heading into the match um, with Chicago Fire not being uh, a formidable side to play against. Um, they're not exactly packed with talent. Um, and their most notable player left uh, last year, uh, Gabe uh, Gagaslonina. To to Chelsea, so they lost their starting goalkeeper as well. Um, And uh, they're just, I mean, they don't really, I mean, they have uh, Jordan Shakiri, who is a a World Cup uh, caliber player. Um, And they have uh, uh, Mueller, who's a thorn in our ass um, uh, when he played for Orlando. Um, And then uh, Casper Shiboko, who who we've had uh, multiple games against when he played for the Philadelphia Union. So we kind of, we knew what we, what to expect. Um, they're not like, they're not packed. They're not stacked like a, uh, like an LAFC is, or like, even like a Philadelphia Union is. Um, they have a couple really important players, and then they have just a, a bunch of squad players surrounding them, which is why I firmly believe that, that Chicago is in the running for uh, the wooden spoon uh, this year. They're, they're just not built to win. Um, but they, uh, if they
1: I actually have the winning spoon this year, the what? I have them winning the spoon.
0: Yeah, um, they're just, yeah, they're, they're just, I mean, Shakiri he turns it on sometimes. Um, but, I mean, last season there was those games where he just kind of walking around the pitch, just uh, just having a walk, having a jaunt around the pitch. He, he, he sometimes doesn't seem too engaged. Um, I think at the end of last year he was playing at a decently high level just because he was gearing up and getting ready for the World Cup. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of hit or miss with him. Um, he can turn it on and, and play well or he can kind of just get by. And then with Shiboko, Shiboko had a couple good seasons with Philadelphia, but uh, he's a slower striker, um, guy that requires service. He's not going to beat you um, single-handedly. He needs a supporting cast. And then obviously it came out this week that they uh, that um, that Chicago signed uh, Kai Kamara, who is a um, he's well-traveled in the league. I think this is his tenth team he's played on in the league. Um, He's a proven goal scorer. I think he's, like, third all-time in goals scored in the, in the league. Um, but
1: he's scored... For, for every single MLS club he's played for.
0: Yeah, he's scored. He, he can score. Um, but he's also a guy who... Um, he's not, like, some guy who's super pacey. Um, he just kind of is a guy who... He always seems to be at the right place at the right time to score goals in big moments, whether it's with his head or with his feet. He just... He has the it factor. He can just... He can score goals um, in this league. So... After watching the game live and then going back and watching uh, at least the first half on replay, um, I mean, it's fairly apparent that the first half outside of the first couple minutes, um, we kind of dominated outside of the first like 10, 11 minutes. We we really dominated for long stretches in the first half. Um, We definitely were worthy of grabbing the lead. Um, what, What did you think about the first half?
1: Pretty good, pretty good first half outside of uh, some moments that we looked shaky on defense. You know that, uh, I think it was Pellengarini with that back pass to Shabilko, who thankfully fluffed his lines, uh, took too many touches, um, and eventually our defense kind of just did enough just to put him off and blasted that over the bar. Um, as well with the Chris Mueller wanting a penalty pretty early on in the game, two minutes into the game, uh, young referee only his fourth game in charge. Uh, only only had three MLS games prior to prior to this game. Uh, good no call from him. I don't think any referee in the world would probably be giving that uh, away as a penalty kick. Um, well, other than that, uh, it, it just looked like it, it took us probably the first five minutes of the game to just kind of get our groove, in. we looked a, a trillion times better than what we did in Nashville uh, last week. So uh, happy with the performance, and you know, the, this disappointed to come away with this uh, result at full time, but um you know at least there is some positive signs to take from this game
0: yes you look at the starting lineup and um the the magno experience um experiment continues at the nine um with uh jason got the surprise start at at left wing gabriel Pereira on the right pellegrini um, back at the 10 and then um a friday uh or not sorry not friday news dump but Sands got announced last week i think on thursday um, that he was coming back and he started this match, um, almost like as like a double pivot with, with parks, um, as like a six, eight. Um, and then the back line was, uh, Kufre, Chino Tiago Martins, and Atlantic gets a start at right back due to, uh, Tavon Gray's injury against, um, against, uh, Nashville. And then Barraza got his second consecutive start to start the 2023 campaign in goal. Um, what did you think about the starting lineup? Uh,
1: it's what I expected. uh, Sands in there really gave us a, a big boost, in that midfield he really dominated that midfield. Well, you you could tell he's just a completely different player to what uh, Justin Hawk is in that position. You could tell there's a massive drop off when when we had to take Sands off, uh, pretty pretty deep in the second half. You know, uh, to kind of close out the game, we had Justin Hawk in there, and you could see there's a there's a pretty big difference, a pretty massive drop off in quality there. Uh, I, I do believe it was Hawk that gave away the foul that led to the uh, equalizing goal for sh- Chicago. Uh, but pleasantly surprised with uh, James Sands and how he's, uh, how he came back. But uh, uh, where is that the cramps, it was just cramps. He, I think he should be ready to go uh, come this Saturday.
0: Yeah, I thought it was night and day, uh, the performance that we got from James Sands, even, even fresh off the plane from Scotland. And even after not getting uh, a decent run out the last couple weeks, month, um, with Rangers, I think that he, I think that he put in a really good shift in, in the time that he was available on the pitch, um, just cutting out passing lanes, intercepting passes, tackles, just doing the James Sands stuff, like the standard of play that we expect from him, was very apparent early on and throughout the entire first half. Um, it, it definitely it made you breathe easier knowing that he was back there, it made you feel a little more relaxed. Like okay, he's not as prone to mistakes, he's more comfortable, he, his ceiling, he's just a lot. More refined of a player in that role than Justin Hack is. Um so I was definitely really happy to see him play. Um, the one thing that stood out to me, actually two things that stood out to me, is Keaton Parks is is really he through through two games of twenty twenty three he's really not playing to the level of expectancy from me, the fan base. Um, that's really that's the vibes I'm getting from from social media is that Keaton Parks is kind of underperforming right now in terms of just like his ball carrying positioning. Um, even like his fitness levels look like they're not like there yet. Now, granted it is preseason, second game of the season. Um, preseason was kind of abbreviated. We didn't have too many games. He's coming off of like all the blood clot issues last year, but, um, just parks looks off. He doesn't look, he doesn't look like what the level that we expect of him, the level that has people clamoring for him to get called back into the U S men's national team. Um, he's just not there right now. And then also another player that stood out to me starting is having Jay Son in the starting 11. That's like, that's a big, uh, stretch. Like I, he was not even on my radar in my projected 11. Like I was like, Whoa, I was like, what is he doing? Like how, how is he possibly starting over Tiago and Draj? Um, so, and then, and then (laughs) you look at the game, you look at the pat. look at the passing network that gets released after the game and Based on the thickness of the lines, it tells you how often those balls were played from that one person to another and every single line going to Jason is like paper thin. You can barely even tell it's there. We completely avoided playing the ball down the left flank because it was a black hole where attacks went to die. Um, Jason, um, there was a stretch from, uh, there was a 15 minute stretch in the first half where there was three different times where Jason had the ball. And he went down super easily because he has this propensity to just get... Like, his his greatest redeeming factor as a soccer player is he gets fouled a lot. Um, and I think these... Especially with a referee only refereeing his fourth game, um, I think he was letting a lot go. He wasn't, like, he wasn't whistle-happy. So, like there, was, like, there was at least three times where Jason went down and, the, and did the whole, like, throw your arms up in the air. Like, where the fuck is the foul? Blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's just like, like get up, little boy. Like, this is grown man soccer. Like, you're not going to get every little ticky-tack little foul. There was, there
1: was one noticeable in the corner where he tried to... Kind of try to get a free kick to uh, towards the far side in the first half.
0: Yeah, but that's his great. Yeah. That, that's like his greatest like attribute a is that he can draw fouls. He's not good at passing. He's not good at shooting. He's not really that great at dribbling. Well, he's just good he, at getting fouls.
1: Well, clearly not. He had a chance and he hit the fucking post. Well, yeah. So I mean
0: that 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 goes back to so like he did have a really good opportunity and like I went back and I I, I broke down the replay on, on my Twitter. Um, really good service from Matthias Pellegrini on the right flank. So he's Matthias Pellegrini's playing as a ten. But on this play in particular, he was like, he was touch wide, like all the way wide in the sideline, cuts in, serves the ball with his left foot in swinger towards the far post. Jason makes a nice run behind the behind the right back. Right back doesn't even know he's making the run. But Jason is a righty. He's playing on the left wing. The ball gets served in. Jason sticks out his far leg, which is his left leg, um, gets a touch on it, touches it by the goalkeeper, dinks off the post. Um, if that's a, if that's a left-footed player, that ball's in the back of the net. Or if it's just a more technical player than Jason, that ball's in the back of the net. And that happened in minute
1: um, eleven, I believe.
0: Minute eleven, yeah, minute eleven. It was an eight-pass sequence that culminated in that in that in that, uh, in that uh, scoring opportunity. A, a
1: great great cross in by Mati. No, great, yeah, great, phenomenal cross.
0: But that's 11 minutes in. If That goal goes in in eleven minutes. This game has a completely different trajectory. That that takes this game and drops on its fucking neck.
1: I think, I think I think if you score pretty early, I think if that chance goes into the back of the night I think there's there's a possibility where Chicago just completely kind of just like deflates, demotivates itself because it was Chicago's first game of the season. They didn't play well, alongside the LA clubs uh, in week one. Um, I think there's a possible chance that uh, Chicago probably would have deflated and they definitely for sure would have taken the crowd uh, out of the game. That they, they, perhaps the crowd would have gone quiet. Uh, probably wouldn't have chanted as loud as they did the, throughout the whole 90 minutes. A de- decent attendance over at Soldier Field, uh, you know, a place that's uh, notoriously been empty for fire games.
0: Yeah, do, do, I'm wondering if we can find... Do, we, do, they, do they announce the official attendance? Because I was keeping track of it.
1: Um, for, I, it for... should, pro- should probably be about twenty, 20 to 23,000. That's that's That would be my guess, but uh, I'm not really... I'm not really sure. I know that they had one game with 30,000. That was... Uh, Few years ago now. Yeah.
0: So, um, obviously, Pellegrini playing the ten. Um, uh, that's so the other thing we need to talk about is that um, at, the time of our, at the time of our last podcast, um, there was a Friday news dump at Friday at three p.m. Santiago Rodriguez got officially announced as a uh, DP for New York City Football Club. Um, he did travel to Chicago and he came on at um, he came on at seventy three. Um, so he played a little, he played a little over 15 minutes, um, but the Pellegrini for playing 70 something minutes, um, he, so he had good service in that play, but it's glaringly obvious. Like he's played the 10 before at the professionally at different clubs, not like frequently, but he has played. Um, but it's glaringly obvious that he, the spaces that he's finding on the pitch, he wants to be a wide player. He wants to be out wide. He does not want to be central. Um, so, like in his play, like he, he drifts into those wide areas, which causes a vacancy in the middle of the pitch, where a 10 should be. Um, and then also with Talos Magno um, kind of playing like a, like a false 9, at least in this match. So he occupies that space. So then now we have two players out wide because Pellegrini's joining GP out on the right. And then we have Jason out on an island to the left. And then we have Talas playing as a false 9, covering that area where the 10 should be. So there's really nobody like in that front line of attack who's like a goal scoring threat. So we, we, we struggled to, to create this game because there was nobody there to kind of be dangerous. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, and then with the substitutions, uh, Nick Cushing uh, used four out of his five substitutes. Um, some of them were out of necessity for example James Sands coming up at 73 because of cramping which is uh to be expected with him traveling from Scotland only getting only getting like one day of training with the boys before flying out to Chicago again uh, so he caught some cramps but um when like when Sands comes off, off the field there's a drastic drop in quality and he comes off at 73 Hack comes on and we can see it at 75 so like nearly immediately after he gets subbed out we can see
1: was he was he the one that committed the foul that led to the free kick to the goal? I do not. I'd have to go back and rewatch
0: it. I do not know who committed the foul, but I do know that he was literally on for two minutes and then we conceded. Um. So and then uh, Thiago came on for Jason at 68, which was a, a good sub because Jason, other than his other than his uh, shot off the post, um, Jason didn't really provide anything noteworthy on the left wing. And if we're gonna win games and score goals. Our attack needs to be have chemistry. It needs to be firing in all cylinders. And Jason was the odd man out. He there was no connection with anybody on the pitch. He was just out there by himself on an island, trying to create, trying to get fouled. And the referee wasn't wasn't falling for his shit and wasn't calling the fouls. Um, and he even got Jason got a yellow card. Do you remember what it was for? I think it was no. I think it was for a tackle. I think it was for a, a, a stupid tackle he made that he got a yellow card. Um,
1: Jason or Matias?
0: Jason. Both of them got yellow cards. Matias's was for a really stupid tackle in the second half, Um, but Jason also got a yellow card.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember. Um, I I, I remember the Matias playing green one. And then
0: at 90 plus four, um, Mica Alenik, who had been injured two times in this match, one time was self-inflicted uh, friendly fire from getting shoved by Shiboko into, I believe it was Tiago Martins or, or Cheneau, somebody. Eden
1: Parks or he, Cheneau, yeah. One yeah he them. got
0: he got shoved into somebody, caught his head on a knee. Um, so he got hurt then, and then he got hurt at the end of the game um, where it was, uh, uh, I believe it was Kai Kamara who was trying to head a ball, and he, like, jumped on top of and So Meecha had to come off at 90 plus four, and then we saw the MLS debut of of Stephen Turnbull. Yeah. Um, we we can't really i mean we can't really comment too much on his performance cuz he was only in for like 3 minutes of stoppage time but even in those 3 minutes of stoppage time he conceded a foul He a, a
1: foolish gave up a very foolish challenge which could have easily ended up in the back of the net if Shakiri had a better technique yeah, on that so he
0: he gave up a very, de- a, very a very stupid foul in a very dangerous area of the pitch which we can't that that can't happen um i mean i realize that it's his debut he has jitters um he had just gotten he had just gotten loaned to nycfc from nycfc2 like the day of or the day before um so obviously he has jitters about about potentially appearing in his first game this was like his like once of one of a handful of times even appearing on the bench for nycfc so so professional
1: debut for sure
0: yeah so he made he made his uh he made his official first team debut um so, yeah, so, okay, so let's, let's talk about the first half. So, GP um, scores a fantastic goal, and let, let's talk about this goal. So, um, so the way this play started, Parks intercepts the ball high up the pitch and passes the ball to Pellegrini. Pellegrini then tr- tries to distribute the ball out to the left flank to Jason, but he underhits the pass, and he gets intercepted. Immediately after he gets intercepted, Koufray... Who's also playing high up the pitch makes a makes a tackle in their in in our, in our attacking third, their defending third, um, and then but as he makes the tackle, the ball hops up on him and potentially maybe might hit his hand, but there's no major deflection that that would cause um, to cause a, an advantage in play, um, so the play runs runs on. Um, Koufre passes the ball uh, to to Keaton Parks. Keaton Parks then tries to thread a ball to Talos Magno. Talos Magno is tightly covered, so. Magno, rather than trying to go for the ball, just kind of dummies it and lets it go by him. Um, and as it goes by him, um, it, it falls to the feet of Gabriel Pereira on the right on the right flank, entering into the 18 yard box. Gabby takes a couple touches with with his left foot and then quickly opens up his hips to hit a left footed um, left footed shot in swinger towards the far post. Um, it, it it beats the keeper, dinks in off the post, back of the net, um, and it's a pretty. It was. I mean, it's not like a banger, but it's like it shows the quality that that GP possesses. Like he can hit those bangers because if you remember, he hit a banger against Chicago Fire last year with his right foot from outside the box, upper ninety far post. That shit was crazy. Uh, but this shows more of his his touch, so his ability to um, create half spaces and 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 have a uh, and have a go and be able to really bend that ball um, just inside the post to dink off the post and end up in the back. And then you, and then you kind of see afterwards his little. His little Jordan shrug, like, like, uh, like, okay, it went in. Like, I don't know, like, I, that's what I tried to do, but like, it happened. Um, what did you, you think about that? That effort, that individual effort from uh, from Gabriel Pereira?
1: It was it's a beautiful, beautiful technique, beautiful little goal. His his body language as well. It was like it was just so like kind of like nonchalant. He's so calm. Just kind of like takes a defender on, and just rolls it into the corner, and the fa- and it just hit off the post and it went in, which made it even more satisfying that even if we're just to roll into the corner and hit the side netting. uh it's just a beautiful goal great tackle great follow-up by uh kufre there not to give up on the play uh you, you know it's kind of kind of just keep it alive you know some fire fans wanted a handball i didn't see it personally um the, the ball the ball looked to, to go close to his hand but there was no definitive touch var was looking at it for a while um I know me for sure. I would. I thought that they were gonna overturn the goal, um, go over and look at it. But uh, thankfully, no, no definitive evidence, and we were up one 0 at that point. Um, yeah, just, just overall, just a, just great technique, a great goal. You know, Gabriel Pereira just doing just doing what he does best, and just ro- calmly rolls it into the corner. Christian, who isn't here today with us, um, he. he it said he kind of reminded him as a, of a Toronto, the Toronto of the Toronto goal his first first goal for the club and that uh, 5-4 uh, classic at city field against Toronto last year and you know where he just kind of like his body language he's just like so nonchalant and just kind of just like calmly rolls it into the corner it's just a beautiful technique and it's a great goal to open up the scoring for, for us in this season
0: yeah so i mean the one thing about gabi pereira with him playing on the right as an inverted right winger is that these are the kind of goals that he's going to score because he essentially always wants when he has the ball he wants to to drift into the middle of the field because he wants to use his left foot to curl that ball in the back post so like i envision this exact scenario happening quite often with him using his left foot to bend that ball to the back post um it almost becomes a hindrance to the uh, nycoc attack because it becomes predictable. Um, if he, it, I mean, he showed that he has the, the ability with his right foot, like obviously last year Chicago drilling that ball from outside the eighteen. But he becomes predictable with like if you notice he never really drives to the to the goal line with his right to do anything with his right foot. Um, he's very he's painfully left footed, just like um, Thiago Andraj and Talis Magno are painfully right footed, that they never really want to use their left foot. They always want to kind of come into the middle of the pitch from the width. Um, which, I mean, it's a problem because as professional soccer players, you really need to be two-footed. And these, although these guys are Brazilian and they have all the technique and talent in the world because they've grown up in, in a, an environment where their foot skills are un, un, unrivaled, like they can, the, the stuff they can do with the football.
1: Is, it's, just, it's just Brazilian magic. It's really only yeah. what the Brazilians possess.
0: Yeah, but the problem is, is that, that they really can't do it with both feet. Um, so, like, when they go to shoot the ball, they have to shoot on their dominant foot. Um, which can it beca- makes you very very predictable, um, and like I, I get really fired up on Twitter, especially with Thiago. Thiago more so because with him playing inverted on the left, there's a lot of times where I need him to do something with his left foot, and he takes three more touches to get the ball back in his right. He just doesn't do it at all, and then fucks it up, and it doesn't and it doesn't come to anything because he has to take two to three touches to get the ball on his dominant foot. When I'd rather him just swing his left peg at it and see what happens. Um, but so I mean, go- going over going over the uh, the ratings. Um, for, for the match uh, Luis Barraza um, I mean I wasn't overly impressed with his match against Nashville I know I, I catch a lot of flack for that um, but I train goalkeepers and I really do, I re- really, in my heart of hearts I believe that he should have done more with that first goal at, Nash- at Nashville um, Christian wants to fight me tooth and nail about it that's fine um, but I know ball I know goalkeeping and I think he could have done more with that anyway moving on um the goal that he gave up in this game, uh, there's not really a whole lot, whole, whole lot that he could do. The ball was hit from well outside the 18 by Fabian Herbers, and um, it took kind of hit
1: it on the half volley. It, it, it nicely controlled by Chanou. It took a wicked, after.
0: it took a it took a wicked deflection off of Talis Magno's knee, and kind of uh, uh, Baraza was diving to his left. And the ball took a wicked deflection and ended up going the complete opposite direction. So he, like, there was no chance of him recovering and, and making a save. It, and it was hit well, too. It was hit with pace. It was it was destined for the back of the net once it took that deflection. So you can't really blame him too much uh, on the goal. Uh, but the thing that I can kind of uh, cr- criticize on his play is that um, his play with his feet was very below average this game. Um, obviously, he can hit balls on the ground and, and, spread, and ping the balls to um Hellenic or kufre or chanel or martins on the ground but the moment that he was asked to hit a lofted air ball um he, his accuracy diminished uh, greatly i mean there was one ball where he hit it to Atlantic where it was pretty nice but pretty much every other time he uh he he scuffed the pass and it went out of bounds or it went into an unnecessary 50-50 challenge um an aerial duel um it just it was it really it was like for someone who,
1: I believe it was poor distribution from Barraza that led to the led to the interception, and then that obviously that led to the free kick. Yeah. So Correct. he he drilled
0: he drilled a ball on the ground, like directly down the spine of the pitch, right at the middle, rather than lofting it and getting some air under it and just and just drilling it up the field. He tried like a low driven pass, and it got intercepted around the around the center circle. And I believe that's what led to the foul that led to the goal. Um, so I mean, I guess secondarily he's responsible because the, the, his distribution wasn't good enough.
1: Um, yet again, it was the defense on that free kick that left. Uh, it was a Kai Kamara wide open at the far post to head it back? You you would have thought they uh, they would have learned something because you know the the same thing happened last week at Nashville. If go just heads the ball back, you know Zimmerman gets a a shot from point blank range. That Barraza gets a hand on it, but even even if he had made that save, there was still somebody at the at the far post to to kind of have that goal and you know it's a it's another poor mistake it's another poor uh marking mistake from new york city on a set piece
0: yeah so kai kamara came on i believe at halftime um so so he wasn't on because there was there was two dangerous um set pieces um that weren't shots that were services in this match and both times i took screen screen caps of them both times and and also against nashville like the i don't know what's going on with the marking but nobody is marking the, the guy that's like furthest away from where the ball is getting served to, and they're just serving the ball to that person, and then, and then they're just knocking it down and putting it into dangerous areas. So uh, Kai Kamara wasn't in, I believe, on the first one, so that, so nobody was out. No, he a player of his caliber wasn't out wide, but on this on the on the goal that happened, yeah, Kai's just Kai's like he's the third leading goal scorer in MLS. Like when a, when a free kick is happening, he's the first person you should be going to find if he's on the pitch because like he can score. He knows how to score in this league.
1: Um, he's so, got the
0: height to do it. Yeah, so I just I don't, under, I don't, I don't understand um, what what Nick Cushing is working on in training that now two weeks in a row we've conceded a goal off of a set piece um, and it hasn't been ratified or fixed um, from week to week. Um, so I'm, I sure hope that this next coming week that Nick does something with with with, with, uh, with set pieces because we can't continue with this with this trend of um, being just a, a geyser of of goals getting allowed um, off of set pieces. It just can't continue. Um, definitely should have been. Someone should have been on Kai because Kai knocks it down to the middle. Chano, scuffs the clearance, tries to get a toe on it, just pokes it out, and then Fabian Herbert just comes in and puts his laces through the ball, and it deflects off of Talos Magno into the back of the net. Um, so, Kufre uh, ended the match with a 6.9. Chano with a 6.9. Martins with a 6.6. Martins didn't really do anything noteworthy. Um, the best thing that him and Chino did was during that that lazy back pass by Pellegrini um, that got intercepted by and Thank God it was Shibilko, not anybody else, because Shiboko's not very fast. So he's in on a breakaway, but both the center backs are able to um, engage emergency defending tactics and like slide, power slide to like kind of have him alter directions. And then Martin slides over, has him go back into his left foot, and then he skies a ball over the crossbar. I know that a lot of the fire fans were like, that should have been a fucking goal. And I tend to agree with them, but... Shiboko's not that quality in a one-on-one moment like that, and our, our center backs did a good job of putting out the fire. Elenik um, 7.3. I thought Elenik was, was really, really good up until his injury. Um, definitely shades of, of Anton Tinnerholm at right back. Um Definitely has an, a, an attacking prowess that we that
1: t- I do. We want to touch on that uh, that one chance in the first half where he had a chance to kind of square the ball yeah. and towards the middle of the field of Talos Magno, but instead he decided to have a left footed shot. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, the
0: shot was poor.
1: Okay. Um, and he yeah, and he was, ball, aim, he was aiming was for near post. Well.
0: Yeah, he was aiming for near post. It got blocked by his center back. Um it, it, He definitely had um, options there, and and, that, and I think that'll come with. He's he's eighteen years old. Um, he's 18, he's, he's, yes, he's yeah. looking to make a. He's looking to make a an imprint early,
1: um, In his, his first MLS start as well.
0: Because he's a, he's in a position battle. He's in a position battle with with Tavon Gray. So if if he starts putting up stats, goals, and assists, um, then then there's he's going to make it so that Nick Cushing can't bench him. Like, like but uh, but I
1: thought I thought right there that was a prime. Um... That was a prime opportunity for him to get an assist.
0: Yeah, no. If he lofts that ball in, we have we have uh, Talis Magno, Keaton Parks, and Jason in there. Jason's probably not going to get in the end of it, but Talis Magno and, and Keaton Parks are two of our taller players. If you loft the ball up in, in, into it into an aerial ball, I guarantee you, they at least have a, a chance, a fighting chance at getting on the end of it with their head. Um, but yeah, but I mean, but outside of that, that maybe mis, uh, unwise decision. Um, I definitely I was impressed with Ilanic's game. Um, I think that uh, I think that he should see more minutes, um, and, and I think that I potentially see him overtaking Tavon at the right back position, just because he provides so much attacking wise that you like, you can't like. That's going to help Gabi, because if
1: because if, do, do, do we know how long Tavon's out for? Uh,
0: I think he's just day to day. I think from what I saw, he's it's just day to day. I think he should be good to go for this week. Um, I think.
1: Uh what about a lineage no, no word on the lineage right? not yet
0: not yet i mean i know i know he's it was like a head potential head injury but uh no word on on and you know, i you mean like, i would
1: assume if a lineage is you, i would assume he gets to start yeah, this but you, week
0: you also know that that nycfc is very cryptic and secretive about their injuries uh even when they release I mean, even when they release an injury they don't tell you outright they're like oh upper body injury head injury lower body injury like they don't they don't give you specifics they're very good. They
1: didn't even it even bother putting Alfredo Morales on for the yeah. for the national game.
0: Um but I, I think that Alenick is going to help Gabriel Pereira. I th- I mean like with overlapping. I mean cuz like let's be real. If Gabi has the ball and and Tavon Gray is overlapping him, like Gabi's keeping the ball. Like like Tavon Gray provides almost next to nothing going forward. He d- doesn't have good service. He's not a good dribbler of the ball. Um, so like he's not he shouldn't even be getting forward to begin with because he just doesn't he's, he's doesn't provide a good option in my opinion.
1: He's a, he's a center back essentially. But, yeah.
0: Um, and then uh, um, Keaton Parks, we talked about like he's just I don't, I don't think he's playing at the level that he needs to play in order for us to succeed. Um, James Sands had a good good ninety minute or a good however many minutes he played how many minutes did he play? Good seventy three minutes really good shift. Um, Pellegrini, um, I think with uh, Santi came in at at uh 73 73 so Santi um but even even in his 15 minutes I mean granted I know I know he, he literally just got like he's been here for a couple days or whatever um he just got he's just getting reintroduced back to the team again um I wasn't overly impressed with with his 15 minute camp or 15 20 minute cameo um he didn't really do anything of note didn't really help us out at all wasn't scary um but hopefully that'll improve uh in our home opener and, and just with another week of training with the guys uh Talis, I'm not even sure if Talis attempted a shot this game. Like, like he's just he's not it at the nine. I want him back in the left wing as soon as possible.
1: It was playing deeper this game than last week. Even
0: even if he plays out in the wing and you throw Tiago Tiago Andrade looks better at striker than, than Talos Magno does. So even if even if uh, even if uh, Tiago Andrade plays most of the game at the nine and then you bring on someone else like Pellegrini or, or just I don't know just. Whatever you got to do, but I don't think Talos Magno at the 9 is, is going to be the, the long-term solution. It shouldn't, it shouldn't even be the short-term solution because he is one of the better players on the pitch, but this is now two games where he's done virtually nothing of note at the 9 position. So, um, And he even had a play earlier in the first half where he was playing, playing Gabi in and he underhit the pass, which would have for sure been a breakaway because Gabi was much faster than the center back who was trailing him. Um, and he played the ball the wrong direction and the wrong weight, and it caused Gabi to have to slow down, go across the, the center back, dribble into the 18. He still got a shot off, but he got blocked and went out for a corner. But if that's, if that's a better quality pass, then then Gabi's in one-on-one with the keeper. And, and I know Gabi has the, the skill, the Brazilian flair, to to, to round the keeper and slot the ball probably, in the
1: back of the net. Or, if, yeah, or if probably just slot into the corner nonchalantly.
0: Yeah. Um. So... And then to talk a little bit about Chicago, I mean, it it was Shaqiri was dangerous um, on his set pieces and when he had the ball at his feet. Uh, Mueller played 64 minutes and was dangerous for parts of the match, um, like in the very very beginning, and then for some other for, for some other parts in the attack. But again, not
1: not um, really, really be quiet night for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and if you look at their passing, uh, their their passing map or whatever um it 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 very much mirrors a team that was relying on set pieces to try to create goal scoring right because they didn't really possess the ball of uh, in dangerous areas of the pitch um they were mostly counter-attacking and and their, their most dangerous opportunities other than the mueller pk um was uh in the fluff was
1: left uh,
0: uh, yeah and the, the shibuco fluff was off of set pieces um barraza wasn't called upon to make any crazy saves um that I can remember. Can you remember him making any crazy saves, Barraza? No, uh, no, it was no, all just really it was nice. all just routine stuff, right? Nothing. What was it
1: wasn't as busy as Nashville. Definitely not. Yeah, right.
0: He had one play where the ball was on the on the on the touch line, and uh, the guy crossed it in, and 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 uh, Barraza had to do like a windmill tap over the bar, um, which he made it look a lot like cooler than it had to be, or harder, more difficult than it had to be. Um, but he kind of just like he just tapped the ball up over over the bar. On, Other
1: on than the, that cross. one chance I don't think he made I don't think he made any any incredible saves.
0: Yeah. Um you look at uh you look at the possession. They they outpossessed us 51 to 49. Um but uh and they also outpassed us um but we had three big chances created to their one and their one big chance I guess was uh was the was the
1: um the Herber's volley.
0: The Herber's volley. Um, but our three big chances, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say, was the goal scored, um, the, uh, the Gabi Pereira breakaway that wasn't really good enough to, uh, to to finish. And then I'm guessing the other big chance was um, when, when Matias Pellegrini got played in and he took a, a touch around the keeper and tried to slot it and it got blocked. Um, where on that exact play, if he would have just, on that first touch, if he would have slotted it square ball across the 18... Gabi Pereira was back post with no one within 20 yards of him and he would have just tapped it into the net. But that's just like that's another reason why Pellegrini playing the 10 he's not positionally aware of like of things and I guess he was trying to uh, trying to make the moment like uh, worth a go- worthy of a goal but by his own individual effort um, when he could have easily just slotted the ball across with his preferred left foot to uh, to Gabi who was back post like unmarked with nobody there. Um, It's kind of like one of those sweaty goals that you score in FIFA where you engage the keeper, get them out of position, and then just slide it across, and it's an easy tap-in.
1: Scored a lot of those on foot champs today. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Fouls committed. I mean, we we, we got called for a lot of fouls, like 19 fouls in this match. They got called for 15. We got called for 19 fouls. Um, They had six corners. We had four. Um, I'm not a big fan of expected goals uh, just because it's like an like an artificial well, what's
1: what's the xg for both teams
0: so the xg we were at 1.65 and they were at 0. 0.76 uh in the first half our xg was 0. 0.69 and theirs was 0. 0.37 and the second half ours was 0. 0.97 and there was theirs was 0. 0.38 so they scored a goal what, nine seven they well yeah cuz in the second half was the gabi i thought
1: they, i thought you said 7.9 uh, like No, 9% 9. 7. so n- 0.97 yeah. So, so we
0: scored a goal in the first half with a 0. .69 expected goal. They scored a goal in the second half with 0. .38. Um, from open play, our expected goal was 0. .75. Theirs was 0. .30. And then from set-piece play, ours was 0. .90, and theirs was 0. .45. So we we had them beat in XG all over the place. Um, but we we, we, came away, we came away with with one goal. Um, I think
1: one of those one of those chances that we're probably looking back on when it comes to the set pieces is the uh, the corner kick where Keaton kind of does a little, quick header to the back post. Chano freed himself for an open header and just heads it over the bar. Yeah, so he's literally uh, I think he's that's, literally that's one of the opportunities to look back on. His
0: back is literally on the far post. He's on the goal line, and rather than jumping upwards and heading the ball down, he like stays on his feet and heads the ball upward, and it stopped.
1: It kind of just like. Has a defensive play kind of just like clears it off the line.
0: Yeah, no, it was like like, and that, like that's just one other like opportunity that we that went begging for us to put like we, sh- we we, in reality anybody who watched this game there's no reason why NYCFC shouldn't have won this game three four five one in in all honesty with all, with all of the quality goal scoring opportunities that we created that couldn't that we couldn't finish there's no reason why we shouldn't have won this game three four five one but instead we escape Chicago with a point this the, I mean I, I've talked about on my Twitter that. There are wins, there's losses, there's draws that feel like wins, there's draws that feel like losses, and there's draws that no one deserved to win because everyone played like shit. And this, for sure, falls under the draws that feels like losses. We're up 1-0, we should have been able to get that insurance goal, we don't get that insurance goal, and they score a fluky fucking goal off of a deflection, um, off of a set piece that shouldn't have happened.
1: Um, poorly defended as poorly well. Poorly
0: defended, and, and, and they, they find a way to put the ball in the back of the net, and and, then, and they're feeling good about themselves because they're a wooden spoon contender, and they're getting a point at home in their home opener. And now we are playing the second game of uh, of a two-game uh, road trip to start the season. We're historically awful on the road um, in the regular season, and we have a chance to steal three points from a, bottom of the, a potential bottom-of-the-table team um, and end up walking away with one point, and I guarantee you, this is a game that we look uh, in in June, July, August, when we're looking at the standings, and we're like, oh, where, where, where could we have, where, where should we have gotten points to maybe be a, a place higher in the standings? We're going to look back to maxi number two and be like, fuck, we really should have, we really should have got all three points in Chicago. That was that was a big I loss, agree. or a big to- Completely a big draw. Agree
1: um, Completely agree with that statement.
0: So, I mean am i happy that we at least got a point i mean could we have walked in there and, and, and lost to chicago absolutely um especially with with uh with with um just the players on the field um and the the uncertainty of, of luis barraza in net um and giving him a, a run out i, I mean I, I don't know i mean i'm not in cushing's head i don't, I don't know what his plan is for the keepers if he's going to give barraza a whole shitload of games to start the season to see what to give him a, a good sample size of what Luis Frasca can do before he kind of transitions and gives Matt Fries his opportunity, or if he's going to do the whole ride the hot hand. But I mean, is it really hot though? Because I mean, we lost our first game and, and drew our second game, and he's conceded three goals in two games. Um, now we can debate about whether they were his fault or not, but I mean, the the the, the main statistic that you judge goalkeepers by is goals against and save percentage. And he has three goals allowed. He like when you're the goalkeeper, that stat falls on your head. So three goals in the back of the net—that's three goals against Luis Barraza. Um But uh, I mean, in in the end, I mean, it, it, we we walk away with a point. You feel hard done not to get three. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, you kind of just have to. You have to just turn turn the page towards uh, towards the home opener against Inter Miami. Um and they're, they're coming to town and they're they're legit they're, they're right now they're 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 the number one seed in the east right now through two games they're they're undefeated they played two games at home um and they're they they haven't they haven't conceded a goal yet um and they're coming to town thinking that they're they're hot shit and they're 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 confident and they're coming to town thinking that they're going to get three uh, three points at Yankee Stadium.
1: Well, I guess I guess the kind of uh. Kind of an advantage. I mean, it could change over time, over the course of the week. But the weather—it's, uh, of course, NYCFC home openers in bad weather—they name name more iconic kind of do than that. Um, you know, I guess, I guess the advantage is that it's most likely going to rain on that day. So I, I, I guess, uh, if you want, if you wanted to rain against a team, you know, probably someone like Miami who hasn't experienced rain uh, so far this season. You know, obviously they beat the. The top two seeds in the East uh, last season in Montreal and uh, Philadelphia. Um, uh, you know, bear in mind that Montreal lost a lot of players and you know don't look the same as last year. But still, uh, to open up your season uh, with two two massive wins against uh, your home fans, I think that 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 obviously brings in confidence into the into probably the uh, the uh, the road trip that probably. Every every single uh, team in the league dreads is that's NYCFC on a baseball field. I think that's the that's the one fixture that you you, you don't look forward to as an as an opponent if, if, when you play NYCFC away. Um, obviously the 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 stigma of playing on a baseball field, a smaller field, um, it's not ideal compared to the other uh, to the other clubs that have their own uh, uh, stadium or, or play on a football field that it's regulation size um uh, it's obviously not not an advantage uh for the away so uh, for the away team but it, it definitely is an advantage to us and you know we, we've proven that over the last few years uh i think we've only lost three games uh at yankee stadium since 2020 um that's that averages one law that one home loss in yankee stadium per year um so we've we've been pretty dominant and especially in home openers we we're undefeated in our first eight I believe
0: yeah I mean uh, we're we're very formidable um, at home um, whether it's at Yankee Stadium or city field uh, things get a little bit more dicey when we play at Red Bull arena or at Wrenchler or any other freaking home stadium that we've played in but if it's, in it's at, California if it's at Yankee or if it's at city, um, people Essentially, on a baseball diamond, people have a tough time coming in and, and, and taking points from us. Definitely, um, I mean. So, what I want to do now is I want to I want you to tell me three. Give no. Give me two players you were impressed with against Chicago, and two players that you think um, that you think had had a bad had a bad matches against Chicago that you were disappointed with. I
1: think I, I think the first two for for impressive. Uh, I think it's obvious. I think that everybody would would pick these two, uh, Gabriel Pereira and uh, Misha Letic. I think everybody would pick those two. And for the for the disappointments, um, I, I I would, I, I guess I'd say Barraza for the poor distribution. Uh, but uh, I mean again, you can't really drag him too much because he wasn't really called into action. Um, in terms in terms of the second player, I guess Andres Jason. I mean no, nobody really expected him to get the start on the left wing uh, on Saturday night and uh, you know he he didn't really do anything impressive you know everybody just avoided his side of the field for for uh, all the time that he's been that he's been on the field for us uh, in in Chicago you know it didn't really do much and you know when when Joe says you know uh, uh, your your greatest like attribution uh, as a footballer is getting fouls you know he didn't really win many and uh, in fact he I, I don't. I don't think he did anything remarkable at all. And of course, you know the mischance um, in the in the eleventh minute that uh, you know uh, had that gone in, we, we we would have walked away with Chicago with three points, uh, with a two one win. But uh, yeah, it's uh, for me. It's got to for me. It's got to be Barraza for the poor distribution, and then Andres Jason for uh, you know just not really doing anything noteworthy at the start.
0: All right. So for me, um, my the people who impressed me. Now, I mean, I think it's fairly easy if I were to say Gabi Pereira. But the problem is, I'm not going to say Gabi Pereira because Gabi Pereira played at the level of, of what I expect of him. He scored the goal. He looked good. I mean, his his uh his services from free kicks because I guess he's the new free kick taker um, interimly until uh, until Santi is uh, back with with the um with the starting eleven. Um, I wasn't really impressed with his free kick abilities, but I was impressed with just every, with every, with his dribbling, his ability to get fouled, his, the, his goal storing, goal scoring prowess. Um, but one player that I was, um, impressed with, um, which I'm going to echo off of you is, is Micheal Lenick. um, for him to be 18 years old, um, coming to a new country, um, a new league, um, this being his, uh, second match played, he played a little bit in the first match and then played, um, 90 minutes before getting injured in this match. And I mean, like he definitely jumped off, jumped out the, off the TV at me. Like, I'm like, wow, like, okay, this, this kid can play. He can, he can do some stuff attacking wise and I mean I thought he was pretty good defensively as well um he he was the one who made the recovery run when getting initially beat by the long ball to um to uh to Chris Mueller in minute two or whatever um so he he made that good recovery run didn't get called for the PK and I think he also made some good other defensive um stops in the game um so I was definitely impressed in his game I think that he's someone who is going to earn more minutes if he continues to play at this level and then even increase his play as he gets more confident um, and then the second player that I was impressed with, and um, uh, I think this, I mean, this not, might not be a total surprise, but I was, I was really impressed with James Sands. Um, James Sands, um, the last time I watched him play was I watched him play in, that, in the Scottish Cup game against, I don't know who the hell it was, we, he, he scored a goal but didn't score a goal um, for Rangers. Um, off of a corner kick that he forced an own goal. He I,
1: caused it. It, it, it looked it. like it was a goal from him, but it, it was later to turn back to be an own he goal. He forced
0: an own goal, yeah. but I mean, it was it was a good... But like, but in this game, like him cutting the passing lanes, making crucial tackles. Yeah, he missed a few tackles here and there. But I mean, it's his first game back in the States after being away for, what, 14 months, 15 months, something like that. Um, and then obviously his loan got um got ended and then he came back and signed a long long long-term extension with at so he's here for the for foreseeable future i do see him getting a second chance at europe i think that he's at that level i don't think that his move to rangers was a good move in the first place um because a lot of american players who go to scotland they struggle chris mueller was in scotland he struggled with hibernian and now he's back scotland is is a difficulty to get acclimated to it's very it's more it's more physical than mls um, but it is very much a two-team league, so you're you're playing against mid-table teams, and then all of a sudden, every now and again, you're having to play against Rangers or Celtic.
1: Yeah, uh, he said something about the intensity. I was I was listening to something. Um, it was the, it was an interview with I think it was MLS Discovery or something, uh, and then uh, Felipe uh, or Filippo Silva, from tactical manager TV, and they kind of touched on uh, they kind of touched on this a little bit, and they, they were like, oh yeah, like Chris Mueller's like. Uh, didn't Didn't really crack the didn't really crack the team over in Scotland, but he said, "Oh, like the intensity compared to MLS is like much more intense, like the, with the style of play and everything."
0: Yeah, so definitely impressed with Ilhanic and impressed with uh, James James Sand seventy three minutes. I mean, hopefully that calf calf cramping is, isn't a uh, isn't a consistent thing that happens. Hopefully he gets that hydration, gets fit, because um, we really need him putting in ninety plus minute shifts. He he can't he can't be someone that's coming off. Off the field, he is our rock back there at, at the uh, deep-lying six, playma- uh, not playmaker, but deep-lying six, first-line-of-defense type position. Or, And he's also someone who we might be re- relying on if we transition to a three in the back. Um, he His tactical flexibility that he provides, I mean, I, I don't rate him as much as a center back as I do as a six, but um, he's definitely a better option to play as the center center back. And not only back that, three.
1: Ronnie... Not only that Ronnie in the in the uh, championship winning season towards the end he kind of him out at right back for for a few games.
0: No, that's th- that's not a long term place for him. That he can he can do spot duty kind of like Nicholas Acevedo. He played Nicholas Acevedo at right back. Nicholas Acevedo is not a fucking right back. He played him there out of out of necessity, not because he saw something in him. Um, so uh, I don't I don't I don't rate Sands at a back three, but I, I, I mean. I, based on the based on the the roster that we're rocking with right now i'd rather have Sands in the middle of the back three than i would alfredo or justin hack um so i mean i'd I'd rather not be there but if he has to be there then 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 he's the best option um in terms of two players who underperformed who i was not impressed with i mean i'm I'm gonna go with someone different because i mean jason was just not good but uh, but i mean jason's someone that i don't foresee being in the in the in the in the 11 frequently so he should be gone by next game um so i am gonna go with keaton parks um, Keaton Parks was actually highly rated in the match. He he, he had a seven point five, but there, there, there's something to be said about uh, passing the eye test and passing the statistical test. Um, I know uh, Paul Harvey um, goes uh, goes in very in depth in the uh, advanced underlying statistics and how Keaton Park provides um, amplifications of of these of these statistics with his play and his ball carrying ability and his and his defensive ability and his. His distribution, distributing abilities, but in this match in particular, I mean, although he got a seven-five, I wasn't overly impressed with with his game. Um, he, that was not the standard that that I expect um, of him, and I, I hope to see him rebound and, and be a, a integral part um, of playing in in the eight position going forward. But in this particular game, I do not think that he he put his best best ninety uh, best ninety-minute shift in. Um, and then the second player that I was disappointed in. Um, and it can and it's pretty much like the second match in a row that, I'm, that I that wasn't particularly thrilled with how he played and that's Maxime Chanel. um in the first in the first game um he uh the, the header um off of the off of the um off the service that went right to Fafa Picot was a, a direct effect of of, uh, of us getting scored on and then in this match um uh, another set piece the ball gets uh, squared in by um, by Kai Kamara and Shino uh, gets a like a half of a toe to it and pokes it out to the top of the 18 and then and then the, a shot gets drilled in from the outside the 18. So that's two, two games in a row where he's been semi directly responsible for a goal occurring. And also, I mean, uh, like his passing is not like he's not at the level of a distributor as like Alex Collins is. But with him being in this league for so long and have, having been like a, a mainstay on this team since 2016, Um, I have higher expectations of someone who's that senior of a player being able to, like, do the basics of distribution um, to the playmakers to get the ball to... to, And then also that that header, like, he's got to finish that. Like, he has to finish that. That can't... Like, if if that happened to Tiago Martins, I'm like, okay, like, I don't rate Tiago Martins like that, and he's also new to the league, and he's not known for his goal-scoring abilities, Um, but... Chenault has scored some goals in this league. Like he, he, he should have buried that. That should, and right there, that should have been two one. We should be walking out of Chicago with, with three points.
1: Poor, poor from a veteran, Poor from a veteran.
0: Yeah. So definitely, um, uh, definitely Parks and Chineau, uh, uh were not up to the standards that I expect of them. Um, they jumped off the page at, at me uh, at not being up to, up to the up to snuff. Um, but uh, but yeah. So. Um, Short episode today, just to kind of uh, rehash, um, rehash uh, New York City at Chicago in the Windy City, coming home with with a point, um, getting in that training, um, and then uh, really just gearing gearing up and ramping up and getting ready for the home opener against Miami on Saturday. Are you are you, are you going to the match?
1: Yeah, I am. I actually bought the tickets today, uh, so I'm very I'm very excited to. Be back at Yuki Senior for the first time since the derby.
0: Yeah, like like this is this. Other than last, like last year, I was like the anticipation for the home opener was like I was like really anxious and like happy and excited for it because obviously it was like it was the home opener after we'd won the MLS Cup. So like the unveiling of the banner, which turned out to be laughable, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then just like just seeing the boys play again after winning the MLS Cup, which was a uh, it was an awesome experience. Uh, but more so for this match, it's it's uh this is the first time that we're gonna, we're gonna get to see the our boys play, um but our boys have a very different look at them like uh this is the first time that well this is the first time for almost all of us that we're going that we're going to Yankee Stadium and, and Max we're not gonna see Maxi Morales running around with the number ten on I think that might actually be like emotional for some I for me and for maybe for other people is going to a game and not seeing El Fresquito, um the little magician, um running around wearing the number ten and then when you when you do see number ten on the pitch it's gonna be Santiago Rodriguez. Um, who's now on his third jersey number for nycfc he's came to us at 42 switched to 20 and then is now rocking to 10 um, so n- not seeing maximiliano morales running around not seeing alexander collins um a mainstay of our of our spine of our team not seeing sean johnson in goal he, uh, we're going to be uh, watching a, a starting goalkeeper only our third starting goalkeeper in the history of our club um, on that, on, on our first, on our home opener of two thousand and twenty-two, and who
1: who knows? Maybe Cushing gives Freeze a, a, a trot out this weekend. Yeah,
0: maybe. I mean, I, I don't know what his what his philosophy is on on. Uh, and I think he he's also deflecting a lot to uh, Rob tugian who's been uh, with us since day. He's a, he's a a one day one. Um, he's been here since the very beginning. He's been here through all the coaching changes. Um, he's been a mainstay. Like Dan,
1: Dan, Dan or Medi man, in a way. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, I definitely think that that Cushing kind of just. Relies on. I mean, ultimately, he, he has the ultimate say. But I definitely think he's like he's he pretty much talks to Rob, Coach Vertukey, and is like, okay, who like who should we be starting? Who's looking good in training? Things like that. Um, but yeah, but so we're not seeing Collins. We're not seeing Johnson. We're not seeing Morales. We're not. Maxie. Um, we're not seeing Tinnerholm. Like it's just this team is going to look really different. And I mean, and it's different watching on TV, um, but like being there at the stadium and not seeing the guys that you're used to seeing. Like I don't know if you if you're big into going to um, if you're big into going, like, after a game, after a win in particular, going to the player's exit and kind of, like, dapping them up or maybe getting an autograph or two or something like that. Um, but it's definitely there where you, you kind of, like, you get you get kind of a, uh, to develop a little bit of, a, I wouldn't say a relationship with the players, but, like, I'm sure the players start to remember faces and stuff like that. And if you're going there consistently, they kind of remember you. They, they're good about signing stuff. And, like, after a win is the best time to go there because everyone's in a, jo- a jovial mood. Um, oh, yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, I went after the uh the playoff win against uh Atlanta. Uh, yeah at, at the Yankee Stadium and then I went again, uh, when, when we beat Columbus
0: yeah, I think uh, the, the
1: last time. The, the, there, yeah.
0: the best time I had at that line was definitely uh Tati's lost last home match um against inter Miami. Um uh, when we that won... must have been an emotional one. Yeah, it was emotional. Um he definitely stayed well after to, to talk to anybody and sign anything and it was like At that point, I don't think it was officially announced that it was his last match, but everyone kind of knew it was his last match. Because um, we, we had had that Red Bull match um, before, um, and we thought that was going to be his last match. Um, that, was a, that was a Red Bull away game at Red Bull. Um, that would be
1: his last goal for the club.
0: Yeah, that would be his last goal for the club. But yeah, I'm definitely just, I'm really stoked to be back at home and just with my people. Um, definitely we're, uh, me, you, and Christian are going to link up. Um, and we're also going. We're going to have a, a a Miami preview um, epi later on this week, where we'll go more in depth of that. But um, just to put the uh, the nail in this uh, Chicago game coffin, uh, just you, you kind of feel hard done by not coming home with three points with all the opportunities that we created. We really should have come home with three. Uh, but getting one, I guess, is the best consolation prize you can get. Um, but I really, I really do think that we deserved and warranted getting all three points. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, with that, um, any any final thoughts before we uh, before we close this uh, close out the chapter on uh, episode nine?
1: Uh, no, not really. I mean, you kind of kind of touched on every single base that uh, was there to talk about, and uh, just just excited for Saturday. Uh, just just uh, you know, bring it on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. With that, um, episode nine over and out. Um, and as always. New York is blue.